Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We're happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is from zero to 25,000 monthly visits in less than 12 months using content marketing. This week's guest is a VP of strategy at Codeless, who through his work with Codeless has helped companies such as Monday.com, Espresso, Freshworks, Hotjar, and dozens more of SERP topping SaaS and affiliate brands dominate their page one positions through content and backlink profiles. A big welcome to James Shear. Hi, James. Hello, Andy. Good to be here. Now, these companies that you work with, like Monday.com, I mean, they're huge. And yeah. given how big some of these companies are, is what you are going to share today with listeners relevant then for smaller businesses? Yeah, it's a fantastic question because um, it is, it is, the thing is, it's, it's different only in scale, not necessarily in strategy. I mean, when we were working with, with money.com, we did something like 950 pieces of 2000 word content in about a two year, 18 month, two mm-hmm. year period. Um, so insane volumes of content. Uh, they were publishing, you know, 30 times a month, 40 times a month kind of thing. Um, and actually more than that, God. Um, but the strategies that were put in place in order to create that content, rank that content, optimize that content, link that content uh, are just matters of scale, not you know a different strategy. So absolutely, there's a lot of takeaways for uh, businesses of all sizes. Now, what? let's define content marketing if we can. And if it can create, I mean, I'm curious, if it can create such results like zero to 25,000 monthly visitors in less than 12 months, then why do you think more small businesses aren't actively doing it? Because the barrier to entry is really intimidating. Um, we're in a space now within content. Well, first, let's quickly define what content is. Content is the creation of uh, educational um, either word or video or audio um, you know, content <laughs> that attracts people to your business. Uh, the reason I, I make educational a, a big part of that is because for me, at least, the idea of content marketing, the reason it works is that it's merit-based. If you are educating effectively, if you do a good job of creating content, then people will be attracted to that content and therefore your brand um, based on the merit of what you've created rather than you know, the direct opposite, outbound marketing, uh, which is you going to them wherever mm-hmm. they are and saying here, buy my shoe, buy my software, whatever it is. Um, so the idea is that you're creating something worth, uh, worth coming to. Uh, and then you're doing an effective job of promoting your brand through that education, through that, you know, hopefully subtly through the value of what you're producing, you're uh, communicating the value of, of what your product is, your service, your software, whatever it is. And so um, why, why don't more small businesses do it? 
Yeah, and, and the reason there is because it's uh, it's a very competitive space um, for a lot of businesses. You know, we've been in here, I've, I've been doing this for about 13 years. And when I first got here, it was way less competitive. Uh, you could create mediocre content uh, and not really even think about the key phrases that you were targeting, mm -hmm. throw it up and Google would rank it on the first page of, uh, of, of the SERP or the search engine results pages and you drive traffic. That's no longer the case and it hasn't been for a long time. Um, the fact of the matter is that the competitor, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there competing for the same few positions that drive traffic. Um, unless you're in a very niche space and the problem is if you're in a very niche space, then there's no search volume for what you want to rank for. So ultimately you have to be very intentional, very strategic about what are we creating? What are we targeting? Uh, what, what key phrases, what topics do we want to really rank for and can we rank for uh, based on our, our businesses, you know, the stage of our business, how uh, how much Google knows us already, all of those factors determine whether or not this is going to be, uh, you know, deliver a positive ROI in one month, six months, 12 months, 18 months. Um, but ultimately, I do feel very strongly that it, it will at a certain point, no matter who you are, if you do it right. So what tools are you using to find those keyword terms on what you're creating the, the content around? For sure. So an absolutely essential tool is going to be a keyword research or analysis tool. SEMrush, mm -hmm. Hrefs, Moz, ClearScope, SEO Surfer, whatever it is, all great tools. I use Hrefs, but just because I, that's the one I use, not because I have anything against the others. Um, and what that tool is going to, what, what you need essentially is uh, a basis uh, an understanding of what is out there, what search volumes are there related to my space, um, and how attainable is ranking for those search terms, and what are my competitors already doing that I could maybe take advantage of. And these platforms will allow you to see all of that stuff, all of the search volume data, what your competitors are already ranking for, um, what they've done, like what, what the individual URLs are that are ranking, how awesome they are, who's linking to them from other publications, uh, you know, the, the amount of data that you get can go from just really, okay, what is the search volume per month for this key phrase all the way down to very advanced, like how many referring domains and backlinks does this URL have? And what is the, the reputation of those, of, of those sites? Uh, it can get, you can get as granular as you want. Um, but that's, that's really the essential tool behind all of this. What's a quick win? What's if somebody is just getting into content marketing, they want to create some content, what is one or two things that easily can be done where they could see some traffic? Uh, I'm in a space where quick wins don't happen. I'm in a space where quick wins don't happen, but positive ROIs do over the course of a six to 12 month period, really very positive ROIs. The problem with content is you have to invest significantly upfront. And that for a lot of people, you know, small businesses, especially that's, that's above and beyond what they're willing to kind of do. They're not into investing significantly and not seeing immediate returns. That said, the thing with content, and I want to make this very clear, is that unlike PPC, where with PPC, you're investing every single month to drive any kind of traffic. Mm -hmm. um, with content, you invest one time. You create high quality content that targets a legitimate key phrase that is within the range of what you can rank for. Um, it goes live, three months go by, and it starts to climb up the SERP a little bit. Six months goes by, and suddenly it's at the very bottom of the first page for a search term that has significant search volume, 500, 1,000 plus searches per month. Um, and then, you know, getting towards the six to nine month period, suddenly you've created other content kind of related to it. You've linked to it. It's, it's gotten its own traction within 
you know, other people are linking to it or whatever it is. And suddenly this starts to rank and it drives traffic. It drives hundreds and then thousands of search visitors, search-oriented organic visitors to your site. And you invested one time in that. And from now on, every visitor that sees that piece of content ranking on the first page of Google and clicks on it, um, your ROI just increases. The, the return on your investment is just a line from the bottom left to the top right with content. Whereas with PPC, with advertising, it's a straight line from left to right because you're always paying every month to drive that traffic. Not once, over and over and over and over and over again. Do you have to continually send links, update content to stay on the first page? Yes, but within reason. Um, the initial investment of content creation, backlinking, uh, and optimization is very important within the first six to, to 12 months. Um, but once you get a ranking position in the top three, um, it's, 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 it's hard to come off it. And the reason is because of how SEO works. So a key ranking factor in, uh, in what Google determines what URL should rank here is traffic. If you're on the first page of Google, you get traffic. Traffic, a key a ranking factor is uh, referring domains, the number of people who are linking to that piece of content. If you're on the first page and you, and you have a lot of traffic, people are going to link to it because when they type in, you know, how many uh, people graduated from University of California this year and your article pops up the top, they're gonna be like, okay, that, there, there's my citation. You know, so that, that's referring domain automatically. Um, the, the, another ranking factor is, is time on page. If you have a lot of visitors who are really enjoying the content, your time on page is going to be really good. If that content is relevant to other content you've created, then your bounce rate is going to be low. All of these are ranking factors that are kind of built upon your first ranking position. So it, it, it takes a lot to pull away from it. Somebody has to be really, really good, really, really good uh, to beat a article that's already on the first page or already at the top of the first page. Have there been Google algorithms that can screw up stuff for people? <laughs> I remember, I think it was the early 2010s, there was the Panda and the Penguin updates where it just threw everything into chaos. Has there been anything like that in the last few years? Nothing like that. Those, those fundamentally changed the way that we create content. Um, those, those removed the ability for us just to stuff keywords into a piece of content and put, maybe go live and have it rank. Um, the, more, the, the recent ones, you know, uh, in, in April, we had the page experience algorithm update, which uh -huh. basically rewarded sites that load quickly, have good image optimization, um, have intelligent uh, mobile optimization, all that kind of stuff. And most people are doing that already because it's good for UX, but that really doubled down on that. However, you know, what tends to happen now with algorithm, core algorithm updates is that um, it'll, it'll hit a couple of... Google, Google is pretty good at this. And so what I tend to see is um, businesses who do sketchy stuff or, uh, or and doing any kind of like Greyhound SEO or, or have weird site structures or doing duplicate content or are backlinking in, in weird ways, those are the businesses that seem to suffer from core algorithm updates. If, you're, if your site runs well and your content is good and you're linking intelligently between pieces and to your homepage and all that stuff, and, and, and you have, you know, you, you have a community of, of people who are backlinking to you, um, you're going to be fine with any core algorithm update uh, that's going to be coming from Google because they're trying to reward people like you. They're trying to cut down on people who are doing it in a sketchy way. And if you don't, you should be fine. Will content marketing work? Well, I guess it will, but how well will it work? 
for an e-commerce store and, and what kind of content should they be creating? I mean, the short answer there is it's going to depend on what you're selling and, and, and what your competitors are. Um, the long answer is that absolutely content marketing can work for e-commerce. We have many e-commerce clients. Uh, they see significant success. Uh, it, it, is, it is better for lifestyle and wellness oriented e-commerce companies. It's better for outdoor oriented uh, e-commerce companies. Um, there needs to be a certain level of education that comes into the buying process in order for content marketing to work effectively. Because ultimately what we're talking about is getting somebody in at the top of the funnel in an effective way with significant, you know, significant search volume, and then communicating to them something that is valuable and educational, but that also mentions, by the way, we also sell this thing. If you're in an e-commerce industry or if you're selling something that is um, that doesn't have that same level of education is involved in the buying process, you may struggle a little bit more. And that's okay. I'm I I have absolutely seen content marketing work for e-commerce. I have also said no to clients who have, who have wanted it because I don't feel confident that we're going to be able to deliver a positive ROI in the short, medium, or long term for them because there's either far too much competition with you know Amazon and eBay, or their buyers aren't uh, looking to get educated on anything related to their products. Um, but what's, so an, what's, of, an ex what's an example of where a buyer wouldn't be interested in getting educated on a product? Curtains, um, tables, um, flooring to a certain extent. Uh, what you also have to consider is that in order to invest significantly in content, there needs to be a significant number of, of searches out there relevant to your space. So when we're talking about outdoor oriented stuff, like there's an infinite number of- Backpacking. Uh, backpacking, absolutely. Camping, uh, ch child oriented stuff, um, hiking, like any number of different kind of searches related to your products in that space. If you are selling curtains, people just go to the curtain store and they say, sweet, this curtain looks nice. It looks like it's going to block the light. I'm going to buy that curtain. They're not looking to educate themselves on why people buy curtains, the benefits of this curtain versus the other curtain, um, how long this curtain is going to last them, the most valuable, you know, the, the, the best curtain brands. Um, so, and you know, but it get it, there's this possibility to get creative, perhaps not with curtains, but chairs absolutely i know you can dive into the ergonomics of, of chairs what to look for in a chair why mm -hmm. it's important to care about your chair uh let alone like a lot of the other stuff that we that we don't even think about um, sure yeah no that makes sense hey um i guess when you're doing your keyword research how do you balance the competitiveness of a keyword with the search volume coming in i mean are you looking for like long-tailed keywords with little competition or is it medium? I mean, how, how are you doing all that? I'm doing it based on who I am. If I'm talking about one of our clients who's you know just getting started, doesn't have much domain uh, reputation, uh, hasn't published a lot of stuff and they're new, then they should be going after the things that are most achievable, which is the low keyword difficulty, low competition, long tail searches. Uh, because what you wanna do is build up momentum. You want to publish something more competitive and link to it, but don't expect it to rank anytime soon. Get that, get the competitive stuff live, um, and support it with long tail oriented content. Uh, that's kind of the idea behind uh, most of the content strategies we're doing here. Um, but I, I want to add another variable to what you've said. There's competitiveness. There's search volume. There's also relevance and intent. Um, there's so when I, when I talk about uh, you know content strategy, uh, I, search volume is 
a major one and you're looking to publish content uh, that targets that search, that, that those high volume searches, um, even if they're very competitive. But you and you want to prioritize those from internal linking and supporting that content and stuff. But you also want to do the same for those searches that are really related to what you sell and who you are and what you want to be known for. Um, high intent searches is as important as search volume in my book because if I'm generating hundreds that hundred thousand you know visitors, but the page that they're going to is only vaguely related to what I do and what I sell, then a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of that hundred thousand is going to do anything. You know, they're not going to convert, they're not going to buy. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm getting a thousand visitors, but a good proportion, say, you know, 5% of the people who are on that page are converting on something that I'm looking to, to sell or promote, um, suddenly I'm far more enthusiastic about that ranking position than I am for the one that's driving 100,000 visitors. So you need to look at what is the intent behind these searches, mm -hmm. not just competitiveness and the search volume. You know, you made another interesting point where you're looking at your client's domain reputation. Now, there used to be, it was really cool, they had a page rank, right? Google yeah. showed you what they're ranking one to 10 on your domain reputation. How do you, how do you determine the domain reputation now? Well, it depends on which platform you're, you're looking at. Uh, so Ahrefs, which is, again, the SEO analysis tool that I use, does it purely based on uh, referring domains and like net number of backlinks to any given. Okay. Um, and is it the same thing where they're kind of giving you a one to 10 rank? Yeah, it's well, it's it's one to 100. But yeah, it's it's, it's okay. basically page rank, which is page rank. You know, if you or yeah, you're right. Page rank is one to 100. Yeah. Yeah, which is exclusively based on uh, on, you know, number of backlinks and, and, and the strength of the domains that we're linking to you. Now, SEMrush and Moz and SEO Surfer and ClearScope, I think, all have a little bit more, um, they, they, they take into consideration a few more factors other than backlinks. But I would, you know, it's, it's things like, you know, site speed, uh, it's things like number of total keywords that you have ranking in, in, in the top 100 search results. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, traffic, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but I would say that the reason that Ahrefs has has gone the way they have and hasn't changed uh, really on how they're ranking domains is because backlinks are still that important. Um, page rank is gone, but the value of a high quality you know backlink to your site is as strong as it's ever been. Hey, what's up there? This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just one minute. You probably know that I've been called the world's foremost expert in e-commerce growth strategies, but have you ever wondered how I gained all this knowledge? First, you probably guessed it, it's through all the years of interviews I've done with experts and uber successful throughout the e-commerce space right here on the Make Each Click Count podcast. And second, it's through all the courses that are available at Make Each Click Count University. From Facebook to Google Ads to Pinterest to SEO, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel like an expert, go to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. There you will find a course that will help you become an expert in whatever marketing channel you currently need help. Better yet, choose more than one. Join Make Each Click Count University and join me and other marketing professionals live once a month at our monthly marketing members-only meeting. Again, you can view all courses at www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, you've helped businesses like Early Bird go from zero to 75,000 visitors per month okay. in an 18-month period, which is incredible, using the pillar and post approach. What is the pillar and 
post approach and how can our listeners use it to increase their organic traffic? Great question. Okay. I've already alluded to it actually. Um, the pillar and post method is the idea that you are uh, breaking your content plan into a few different categories of content. So related, you know, core categories of what you do and what you offer. Um, but that are, you know, um, each, each category of which has significant search volume within that category, a bunch of different key phrases within one category that have search volume. With early bird, we targeted three categories. They, they, they do, uh, uh, it's an investment kind of gifting app that you're allowed, you, you, it allows you to uh, gift uh, stocks to minors, so children. Um, really cool, interesting app. And we targeted gifting, investing, and like general, uh, like kind of parenting, uh, financial literacy stuff. And you create, so those are the three categories. Within each category, you have a few content pillars. Content pillar is what, what I alluded to earlier, is the, the content that targets very competitive, very high search volume key phrases. Um, you get those all up first, early on in the process. Then you create within the category support pieces. We, we talked about long tail searches huh. um, within each category that support through internal linking each pillar. Those come in kind of months two, three, four, five, six. Now, at the end of the first kind of three months of, of, of doing this, and I'm talking about publishing, you know, your pillars for each category, support content in each category, doing at least eight to 10 pieces of content every month, which I know is a lot, but you can slow down down the line, but do that up front. At the end of the three month period, you look very closely at the analytics and you're saying, okay, which one of the categories uh, naturally does Google seem to vibe with? Which, wh what ranking positions are we seeing for our pillars and our support content? Let's double down on that category in month four, five, and six. Because what we need to take into consideration here and be really conscious of is that rankings breed rankings, traffic breeds traffic. So if you can get traffic when, within one individual category, it's going to be easier to rank other pages within that category than it would be to switch categories when you don't have ranking positions and keep pushing that. So the value of the internal links within any given category are, is greater when that category is doing well as a whole. Mm -hmm. So that's one, three to six. And then you just keep going from there, switching categories around, and uh, you should see significant traffic in even in a 12 month period. Now, eight to 10 content pieces a month. You know, I've had a few guests on uh, in the past who've discussed AI driven content. You know, I'm curious, do you think that AI content is any good? Or are you talking about those eight to 10 content pieces should be, you know, fully written by hand, I guess, created, whether yeah. I guess it's video or written or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, you're, you're talking to a guy who manages 75 freelance writers um, who, who are very scared of this topic. I'm not going to lie. Um, the fact of the matter, though, is I've, I've reviewed a few of these platforms, uh, writer, uh, oh, sorry, Market Muse, uh, Phrase, Jasper. Um, they are getting better. They're getting closer. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that they're not there yet. And ultimately, I think that Google is, well, Google is already in, in the most recent core algorithm update targeted AI generated content specifically. Um, so they're, they're aware of it and they are uh, penalizing content that they believe to be AI generated. Um, but regardless of that. So you're using, you're using copywriters for your clients. I'm yeah, exclusively, yeah content marketer, uh, content writers and, and copywriters for all of our clients. However, we do use AI um, to help us create uh, outlines and also to review our drafted content and compare it to, the, to what's already ranking. 
um, and then adjust our content based on that, those tools. We use, we use phrase for that um, to say, hey, you're missing this subject that your competitors included in their content, make sure you include it. Uh, so we use it for that. For straight up creating long form content with AI, it's not there yet. Um, the tools still sound kind of funky. And B, we know that Google rewards uh, unique thought, thought leadership, uh, cutting edge, new takes, opinions, that kind of stuff. They've been very clear about that. Um, again, the most recent update talked about that very specifically about, about creating content that is valuable um, as, as part of a rank, you know, as part of why they're ranking content. And ultimately, AI generated content is by definition regurgitating what's already out there. It's just taking the existing ranking competition and turning that into a full length piece of content that doesn't duplicate it exactly. So it can't bring novel thought to it. It can't bring a unique take. Mm -hmm. So we know Google's already aware of it. And B, Google's told us years ago that unique original content is core to what they're ranking. Uh, so as much as you know, this it would change and make my whole business far more profitable if I could just throw it to a, a, a computer. Um, I I'm not optimistic in the next couple of years, at least. How can a business owner avoid becoming frustrated when they start out and they they really need to be patient before seeing results? It's tough. Um, go into it with a full understanding of what you're getting into. Um, because the reality situation is that most spaces are, aren't going to see traffic for at least three months unless they do some funky stuff. Um, but celebrate the little wins. You know, when, we, when you look at a, a URL that's not driving traffic yet, it's not on the first page yet, but it's climbing, it's getting there. It, you know it's good content. You see a referring domain come in every few days. Uh, you see some, some backlinks. Um, you see some success on social media. These little wins fuel uh, the path, the slow plodding path to significant ROI um, because it does get there. It really does. You know, a lot of our clients, early bird is, is a standout one for sure, but zero to 75,000 in 18 months isn't anything to to stick your nose up at. And even if we're talking about zero to 25, which you know, some, some of our clients are in that kind of space, um, it's, it's, it's a hugely profitable investment if you do have the patience. So go into it knowing that you're going to have patience, you're gonna to have to have patience uh, and don't get scared and run away because if you just have a little bit of patience, you'll see return. Who is the perfect client to work with you? If they're out there, they should absolutely get in contact. Anybody who understands and sees the value of content who perhaps they've, they, they've tried it before um, and they know that it works or they, they, they are fully bought in. Um, because again, our clients have to have patience. Anybody investing in content has to have patience. So a client who, who, who trusts that this is uh, something that's worked for you know, thousands and thousands of businesses like them and, and all over the web, people succeed on a daily basis with this stuff. Um, I'd say as well, content, you need to do an evaluation of what is my niche? Uh, what is the search volume for what I want to rank for? Is there a significant search volume out there? Uh, there usually is genuinely, unless you're in, as I said, some of And, and how, would you, how would you recommend they do that research? 
Hey, Trevs. Yeah, I mean, through or, that. Okay. Or, or Take it. They have a trial. They can just sign up and, and look for some yeah, keyword terms. Yeah, smile. But I mean, you know what? Actually, would be a, would be genuine worth looking into if you know where your like primary competitors are. Um, take a look at their sites and see if they have blogs that they seem to be investing in. Take a look at the blog content. How frequently are they publishing? What level is the content? Without having to dive into any of those, like check your competitors' strategies out. You can tell if they're investing significantly, and if they are, and you think they know, and, and you think they're kind of you know not dumb, then they're only going to be investing significantly if they're seeing a return from it. And is is that where you're putting the most of that content? You're putting it into company blogs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely room for email gated content, ebooks, industry reports, white papers, uh, webinars, um, lead generation content, or uh, that kind of thing. Video for sure. But the heart of all of those content types in my book is the long tail. Sorry, the, the long form blog article, because. I, it's far more profitable and far more efficient for me to create a long form 2000, 1500, 2000 word article about a subject, turn that into a video script, turn that into a webinar, turn that plus a couple other related into an ebook or, in, or, or, or a white paper, uh, you know, turn, turn that into a slide deck or a presentation that I'm doing as a webinar. Don't create that kind of content from scratch. If you already have a 2000 word article, you have all the value there. And you're not indexing any of those. They don't need to rank, but they can have value um, very easily for, for, for lead generation, for prospecting, for sales stuff, um, social media. But don't, don't create that content from scratch if you already have it. And are you helping Google find those blog posts or are you just putting it out there on a regular basis so it's, it's being indexed normally? I mean, the content that we create is... is, is is built with a content plan that has intention. So every content piece that we that we write, we know what category it's in, what it's supporting, what it's been supported by, what it's promoting. Um, we're checking all of the content is optimized for search using these tools as well as just general experience. Um, so we're you know with with SEO in general, you do all the best practices. You follow everything you need to do. You create great imagery. Uh, high quality content, the page is beautiful and clean and fast to load. Um, maybe you add video to it, whatever it is, and then you put it out there. And then it is up to Google. We're in a space which unfortunately is we are at the whim of the Google gods. And all you can do is do everything right and then hope and cross your fingers. And if you do it right and you're targeting something that's relatively attainable for your business, uh, you should see results. And how can an interested listener or if they're perfect or not perfect for you, how can they find out more information about, about you and what you have available at your services with Codeless? Yeah, for sure. Uh, head over to codeless.io, uh, just C-O-D-E-L-E-S-S.io. Um, or realistically, if you have any questions about this stuff or really want to get in touch and have a conversation, feel free to email me, james at codeless.io. I, as you can tell, love talking about this kind of thing. I'm also on Twitter uh, at, at JD Shear. Last name is S C H E R E R. Uh, but yeah, email is good. Email's easy. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? No, I'm good, man. Uh, just, I guess there's a certain level of, uh, you, you, you got to trust. You got to trust with content. It will pay off. It's scary at the beginning, it's expensive at the beginning, um, but there's nothing like the ROI of an article that you wrote two years ago still driving thousands of visitors a month. There's nothing like it. Well, this has been great. I think this is the most fun I've had talking about SEO in quite a while. 
glad to hear it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us today. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding connecting with James or Colas.io, you will find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and include each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I have discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.